Hello and welcome to this edition of the NASP Advocacy Podcast. My name is Danny Carlson. I'm NASP's Associate Executive Director for Policy and Advocacy. And today I'm delighted to be joined by two wonderful guests from the Learning Policy Institute. They are Stephanie Levin and Catlin Scott. In today's podcast, we're going to discuss an exciting new report that NAESP has collaborated on with LPI. Specifically, we're going to talk about the impetus for this report, some of the key findings, as well as the broader implications of, of professional develop, uh, principal professional development and what it all means for the profession going forward. Uh, but before we jump into that report, um, let's have our uh, two guests uh, introduce themselves and tell us a little bit more about the Learning Policy Institute. Hi, thank you, Danny. I'm really glad to be here today and talk with all of you. Um, I'm Catlin Scott. I'm the research director at the Learning Policy Institute. We conduct and communicate independent, high quality research to improve education policy and practice. To do this, we work with policymakers, researchers, educators, community groups, and other organizations like NAESP. We do this work to advance evidence-based policies that support empowering and equitable learning for each and every child. We're nonprofit and nonpartisan. Hi, I'm Stephanie Levin. I'm also very happy to be here. I'm a research manager at the Learning Policy Institute. And much of my work at um, Learning Policy Institute or LPI focuses on school leadership. And I was the lead researcher on the study of principal professional learning um, that we worked on with NAESP. Um, LPI has studied principal preparation and professional development for a number of years, building on seminal work of Linda Darling Hammond and her colleagues in 2007. And LPI, we're now celebrating our fifth anniversary. Um, we conducted our first major study of principal learning as part of a larger research in initiative called Getting Down to Facts 2 that provided in-depth analysis of California's education system as of 2018. And it looked at what was working well and where improvement was needed. Since then, LPI has conducted other studies looking at principal professional development nationally and at the state level. And this ongoing work has been funded by the Wallace Foundation, the Hewlett Foundation, and the Stewart Foundation. Great. Well, thanks for that, Catlin uh, uh, and Stephanie. This is, uh, this is really, really great. I, I've been looking forward to, to chatting with, with both of you for a while. Um, this report came out in October, um, and it, yeah, focused on uh, professional learning for principals, which is such an important topic for, for our, our members, um, but, you know, really for the profession um, sort of writ large and, and, and really for K-12 education. Um, so, but before we kind of talk about that report and, and what's in it and sort of why we, why we did it, um, let's kind of talk a little bit um, larger picture. So when we think of principals and sort of their roles in schools and leading schools, um, a buzzword in, in the field is in sort of um, instructional leaders and talking and, and sort of thinking about principals as um, in these roles. Um, and sort of how that impacts student achievement. So let's talk a little bit more about that and, and really who are principals in schools and, and sort of how do they um, impact student achievement? Great. Yes, school principals are really essential for ensuring that students have access to strong educational opportunities and then can be successful. So from our childhood memories, all of us probably remember a principal I remember my middle school principal who met the bus every morning and waved to all the kids and sent us off to school to do well. Um, that's just the tip of the iceberg though. When I became a teacher early in my career, I learned that principals really did make a difference right down into instruction. So um, I taught at Oakland School in Virginia, and my assistant principal who mentored me, Carol Smychek, observed my classroom. Sometimes she modeled instruction for me as a new teacher. She really talked about what I could do to make things better in my classroom and to ensure that every student succeeded. And importantly, she pointed out great professional learning opportunities for me that worked for me as a teacher and also that have helped me understand education as a whole. So you can see that principals really have a strong way of influencing 
teachers, influencing classrooms, influencing students. Um, and I think this is gonna be even more important when principals and schools need to address emergency situations such as many schools have faced during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, principals are really critical in leading schools and connecting teachers and students to great instruction and also bringing in the community. Um, Stephanie is going to talk some more about our research findings about why principles are so important and what the research literature really says about why principles make a difference. Thanks, Katlyn. So there is very strong evidence that principles can influence student outcomes. Um, six rigorous research studies have been conducted with data from four states and two urban school districts, um, which have demonstrated that incre an increase in principal effectiveness increases the typical student's effectiveness in both math and reading. And in a forthcoming report, researchers had synthesized these studies and found that the impact of having an effective principal on student achievement is nearly as large as the effect of having an analogously effective teacher. And when you consider the number of students that a principal touches, you realize how very important they are for student learning. In addition to influencing student achievement, effective principal leadership can also influence student attendance, exclusionary discipline, and teacher turnover. Researchers at LPI and elsewhere have identified five categories of principal practices associated with positive school outcomes. These five categories include instructional leadership, which calls for having interactions with teachers that are focused on instruction and selecting effective curriculum strategies and materials. Um, two, leading and managing school improvement. And this includes using student and school data to inform continuous school improvement shaping teaching and learning conditions, which includes creating and maintaining collegial and collaborative work environments, developing people, which includes facilitating collaboration and professional learning communities, and helping teachers improve through observation and feedback. And importantly, meeting the needs of all learners, which includes English learners and students with disabilities. And this final category, um, meeting the needs of all learners, includes principals' efforts to serve all children equitably. Yeah, great, thanks. That is um, a really <laughs> great encapsulation of um, the principal role, which is um, very um, sort of multi-tiered and, and involves a lot of a lot of sort of facets of, of the work and, and the impact. But um, I, I think what you both um, sort of um, shared there really um, speaks to, to this really sort of singular role that, that, that principals play. And, and the work that LPI has done is, is you know, that um, we can't sort of just have a hunch that this, this work happens and, and, and we think principles are important, but um, you know, that the research really bears this out, that, that there are things to point to that, that show that um, you know, the, the impacts of, of what it means to have a, a high quality um, school leader um, leading, leading a school building. So um, thanks for that. So let's, let's uh, transition a little bit into um, this notion of, of professional learning, which is the, which is the focus of, of the report. Um, we, again, we, we sort of talked about the role of the principal kind of, um, you know, I guess big picture, but in thinking about that importance in that role that they play, how does professional learning and in in, in, in what professional learning looks like, um, why do, why do, why do principals even need professional learning? That's a great question. You know, I really believe that all of us need professional learning and coaching and, things that we can improve in our careers and principles are just no exception. Um, however, as you heard from Stephanie, I will tell you the research also supports the idea that principals in particular need high quality professional learning opportunities. Um, I wanna give you just an example. In LPI's case study research, we looked recently at Sanger Unified School District in California's Central Valley. Um, during the accountability era of No Child Left Behind, um, Sanger really earned the, the reputation as a turnaround district, a district that really wasn't meeting the needs of students and didn't have high achievement to one that was a really high achieving district, particularly given 
the location of the school and poverty levels and community there. So this district continues to be high performing. How do they do that? Well, you know, initially Sanger really invested in professional learning for all the adults in the school and really connected with community groups, seeing what students needed and really brought their staff up to speed. Um, they didn't stop there though. They actually have annual refreshing for all principals and bringing new principals on board as well. And they call this uh, repainting the Golden Gate Bridge. So each year there's a repainting. Um, it really speaks to the need for continual professional learning, not because people forget, but because people need to develop and stay up to speed on the new things that their students need and the new innovations that are coming out of education research. Um, so I would say that is why professional learning is so important for these teacher principals and for the teachers that the principals serve. Um, you know, research also shows us that principals have, who have access to high quality professional learning typically remain in the profession. So a district like Sanger invests in principals and they stay, they deepen their practice through professional learning. Um, also, very importantly, teachers appear to remain in districts when principals have that professional learning and are able to lead their schools effectively. That's really compelling um, in, in, in sort of thinking about the profession, not, not in sort of the, in the narrow focus of professional learning, like that you're getting training, but actually in the broader picture of sort of support for, you know, principals. Mm -hmm. And what you said about we all needing um, uh, support and, and training, you know, I, in, 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 in that way, I, I, um, someone once made the analogy, you know, that Tiger Woods has played thousands of rounds of golf. You know, he has a, he has a coach and a couple times a week he he gets <laughs> he gets support even being one of the best um at, at his craft and so um but yeah no that's a that's a really great point so stephanie let's um let's talk a, a little uh, um sort of concretely what is what is high quality professional learning actually look like well the most effective professional learning follows from what we know about successful principles um, principals need specific knowledge and skills to be successful in helping their schools meet the academic standards and the demands of students from all backgrounds. Um, they also need professional development content delivered in ways that are authentic and job embedded. And this approach is most likely to influence principals' knowledge, beliefs, and ultimately their practice. So I'll start by saying something about the content of professional learning. High quality professional learning covers content that supports principals in learning how to manage change, how to create collegial teaching and learning environments, and to, how to improve school-wide instruction. Um, just to provide a little bit more detail, managing change really includes using student and school data to inform continuous school improvement. And this could include examining formative student assessments to determine what types of curricular materials to pilot in teachers' classrooms. Um, creating collegial teaching and learning environments could involve working with various school community stakeholders, including parents, educators, and other partners, creating a school environment that uses discipline for restorative practices, and designing the school's organization and structure to support deeper learning for teachers and students. Improving school-wide instruction includes leading instruction that focuses on developing students' higher-order thinking, raising school-wide achievement, and selecting effective curricular strategies and materials. And improving school-wide instruction is an important goal for principals, especially in the face of the challenges related to COVID-19 pandemic and the inequities it has exposed. Recent research points to the need for learning opportunities and instructional improvement that take a whole child approach to teaching and learning. And this includes providing students with challenging in-depth learning opportunities, meeting their physical needs and supporting their social and emotional learning. Also, principals should be equipped to create equitable schools grounded in principles of social justice. And this content helps principals to work towards counteracting the harm of racism and discrimination. Yeah. Um, I was going to turn it over to Catlin to talk a little bit more about that. Great. Great. Yeah. 
Thanks, Stephanie, for the, the content focus there. And you could tell I wanted to jump in right away. Um, you know, the content is so important. Um, also, though, the content has to be delivered in ways that principals can really take it in. So there are three things I want to talk about in terms of how to make that professional learning content really stick with principals and really come alive. Um, so first, these experiences need to be applied learning experiences. So learning research in general demonstrates that people of all ages learn and transfer their knowledge and skills best in contexts that are similar to real world situations. So this is true for principals as well. So instead of sort of an off the shelf general professional learning, professional learning content should really engage with the real world problems that are in principal schools and should really try to draw on the strengths of principals, teachers, and their community. So applied learning experiences, real world stuff. Second, and, and Stephanie, you touched on this as well, mentoring and coaching is really important for principals. Um, and this is what uh, my assistant principal did for me when I was a young teacher, you know, really working one-on-one -on -one with new teachers to learn the profession. And then also mentoring and coaching for experienced teachers can always just give people that edge. It can give them support when they're trying something new or when they're really deepening a practice. Um, so that's the second thing. And then third, networks for principals are really important. Um, it's fine to have, you know, one day professional development event if then it's embedded in something that helps teachers and principals process what they've learned. Um, so these networks for principals and sometimes for principals with teachers combined can really help embed the practice. Um, and I wanna give an, another example from our California case study research. Um, Chula Vista is a district that has really focused on professional learning all around and also on that, that role of principal as instructional leader. So in that district, for networks, principals have professional learning communities called principal cohorts. So it's eight to 10 principals. They meet, they talk about best practices and challenges across their schools. But then each principal is also working with an instructional leadership team of teachers in their own school. So they're connecting the principal learning to what's really gonna happen in their own school. And this sort of practice just brings all that content knowledge that they need together into something that is actionable at the school level. And that's how principals can really be instructional leaders and make a difference overall. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you know, I in in in, in listening to you both, I I was um, I was struck by the um, example of you know this is being this is professional learning this is sort of on on the job training but how many um through lines and analogs there are to you know pre-service training and what you know lpi and, and others have done really great um looks at the importance of sort of you know clinical based um uh, preparation and and residency models and sort of what that means and I'm, I'm hearing you talk about authentic job job embedded job embedded opportunities and it seems like uh, you know, principals need that before they before they enter the profession, and then once they're in it, it's it's not just a, you know, kick kick them out to sort of uh, you know figure it out figure it out on your own. It, that this is an ongoing process, and and sort of the need for that is is there. So um, that was really helpful. Thank you, thank you for that. Um, let's let's talk let's talk about the report. So this is something um, I will just say from NESP's perspective, um, professional learning um, is a is a extraordinary need and, and a, um, something that, that our members um, are, are really sort of keyed, on, uh, keyed in on um, in both sort of um, in surveys that we do and sort of saying that, that they need you know, more opportunities for it. Um, in terms of our federal advocacy efforts, um, one of our, our big um, areas of focus is the Title II program at the federal level and ensuring that states and districts have um, funds to be able to do uh, professional learning. So um, we're, we're really keyed in on this. This is something that, that, that we are um, sort of 
uh, care a lot about and, and want to improve uh, what it means for, for principals and those opportunities. Um, and so we um, uh, collaborated with, with you all at, at, at the Learning Policy Institute to, to conduct this study um, to get a sort of pulse of um, what's, what's happening with uh, professional learning for principals, what are um, some, some areas of, of need. Um, and ultimately we wanna think about, uh, at least from our perspective, is, is how we can um, help uh, potentially make some improvements to, 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 to the policy and practice of, of professional learning. So, um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's jump in. Stephanie, do you wanna share some of the, the key findings from uh, 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 of the study? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I first wanna say with, um, thanks to NAESP, we were, fortunate to be able to conduct a national survey of um, elementary school principals. I think I have to wait till my phone stops ringing. I'm sorry. No <laughs> oh, good. Someone. Okay. I'm sorry. So um, fortunately, with support from NAESP, we conducted a national survey of elementary school principals to better understand principals' professional learning experiences. Our findings are based on this survey. And I'll start by sharing our findings in four areas. Um, first, principal's access to professional development content and participation in authentic job embedded professional learning opportunities. Principal's perceived needs for additional professional development. Um, the obstacles principals face to participating in professional learning and district supports for principal professional learning. So many elementary school principals reporting having had access to professional development content that's important for developing school leadership capacity. Over 80% of principals have the opportunity to participate in professional development content focused on managing change, creating collegial teaching and learning environments and improving school-wide instruction. 98% of principals said they had access to professional development content and using student and school data for continuous school improvement. And I'll share a few more survey findings. 95% um, of principals reporting having access to professional development about helping teachers improve through cycles of observation and feedback. <clears throat> um, principals were likely have, to have participated in professional development in leading equitable schools. 95% had content in meeting the needs of students with disabilities. 91% had content in equitably serving all children. 88% had content in leading schools to support students from diverse backgrounds, and 86% had content in meeting the needs of English learners. However, far fewer principals indicated that they were able to participate in authentic learning opportunities. So to get at this, we asked principals if they had engaged in applied learning experience of sharing their leadership practices with peers in the past two years. We asked if they had a mentor or coach in the past two years, and we asked if they had participated in principal network in the past two years. And we found that fewer than one third of all principals were able to spend time sharing leadership practices with their peers three or more times in the past two years. We also found that less than a quarter of principals responding to the survey reported having a mentor or coach in the previous two years. And this percentage was even lower for principals in high poverty schools. And we also, but we did find that engagement in professional learning can communities was reported um, by just over half of elementary school principals. So that's better, but still nearly half of principals report responding to our survey did not have this opportunity. So while it appears that elementary school principals did have access to important content, many reported wanting more professional development content and a desire for content related to supporting whole child education was identified most frequently. Principals also reported wanting more professional development content in leading equitable schools by supporting diverse learners and addressing issues of equity in their schools. Fourth finding is that many principals reported facing obstacles to participating in professional learning. The top three barriers listed were, um, um, were related to time and resources. So two thirds of the principals responding to the survey reported not having enough time to participate in professional learning. Over two fifths reported that there was insufficient coverage. So there was no one to kind of cover them so they could leave the building. And over two fifths reported that they did not have enough um, money or the resources. And this was uh, even greater concern for principals serving schools with high percentages of school, 
um, students of color. Yeah, thanks, Stephanie, for that. I um, I was I was thinking back to the our conversation just a few minutes ago, and, and you started walking through what what good sort of high quality professional development look like, and then as it relates to this report, it's it, it's more complicated than, than this. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it it seems that principals, you know, have in general across the board have have access to professional learning, but what that looks like and the, the quality of that and the opportunities for some of these sort of key pieces, job embedded practice, learning in cohorts, things like that. Um, huge, huge amounts of variance on, on that. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about that though. Let's, let's dig into that a, a second. So Catlin, in thinking about districts, there's a, um, districts are, are stretched in a lot of different ways in providing needs for not just principals, but teachers and other support staff and sort of all of the, the challenges that, you know, districts face in terms of, um, of, of needs. Um, but there is, there, there does seem to be some, you know, some, some good models here in terms of how principals can be supported. Um, there's some, you know, research to, to, to back up some of these things like principal pipelines and how do you effectively prepare, support and extend the talent of, of, of school leaders. Um, but what, what, what do you think that is? Why, why, why is there um, a gap in, in terms of, um, you know, states and districts sort of ability to be able to provide this um, at scale? Right, I think that's a really important question. Um, so let's look at the barriers again. Um, Stephanie mentioned that from the survey, we found out that um, principals were reporting not enough time for this professional learning, um, insufficient coverage for leaving the building so that someone to take responsibilities if they need to go out for professional learning, and then not enough money. Um, so those are the three big things. And these are um, more of a challenge in schools serving high percentages of students of color. So these are serious challenges, right? Um, I think that it's important to just acknowledge that districts are addressing multiple priorities and they often have limited resources and sometimes that's beyond their control with um, state and federal funding. But we do also have case studies that show districts like Sanger and Chula Vista in California that face those challenges and are able to overcome them. So it is possible. Um, it's partially will, knowing that it's important, being able to do it, and then making the most of those resources that you have. Um, another thing that you didn't mention yet though, Danny, is that, you know, I do feel that the research on principal professional learning has been somewhat limited, especially when you compare that to the body of research um, about teacher professional learning. So I think it, partially just one step in the right direction I think is getting the word out about the research that professional learning for principals does make a difference and really hoping that this will influence more district leaders, state leaders, and federal policymakers to invest in this and to make it possible at the school level for principals to take advantage of professional learning. So um, I think the important work that NAESP is doing in this regard makes a difference. And I hope that this study that um, Stephanie and team have brought forward will also make a difference here. Yeah, Stephanie, did you wanna add anything else to any of those, any of those areas that, that you raised? No, I think that um, Catlin got it all. I think it's, it's exciting the work that you're doing, sharing this information right here in, in the mm -hmm. podcast and, and your, your members have done to, um, to respond to the survey and share their experiences so we can get this information out there. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna put you on the spot uh, for one second. I, I'm curious, cause one thing that, that you hear from folks and I, I, I think Stephanie, maybe you, you have sort of, you said it in um, uh, earlier, was this, this challenge about professional development, professional learning, um, you know, meeting the, the needs of your individual school. And it not, you know, even if it's really good content um, and even if it's job embedded and then some of these really important things, 
what's your just overall what's your sense of sort of some of the factors at play there in terms of challenges in, in sort of providing that to principals but also really that importance of of that 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 I as a principal can you know that that the professional learning I'm receiving that the support I'm receiving I I feel like it's applicable to to my school to my students to the to the set of teachers that that you know that I support um so you're you're asking um why this doesn't happen more why um principal don't um don't have access to this I think it's it's a really tough question there is so many competing priorities. There aren't enough resources for schools to do everything they have to do. Um, and in this environment, even more so. Um, you know, Catlin started off by talking about the many responsibilities that school leaders have. Um, and it's, it's completely true. They're juggling all the time as our teachers in their classrooms. Um, I, th I think it's, um, you know, it's just a matter of kind of figuring out what it is we, um, you know, getting the information out, making the case that um, professional learning for principals um, will help them be more effective. And, and just, um, ha and having a gr greater um, understanding of the value of education in our society for making sure that all students can be successful. And I think we just keep working at it and all the work that NAESP has done and other organizations like yours, um, really fighting for your members, for the school leaders, but on behalf of the students in, in the country to like make sure that we can serve them as best as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, um, one of the areas that, one of the sort of takeaways from the, the study which, which emerged, which is interesting given um, some previous studies that, that we have done um, with our members is on, on the notion of, um, you know, that, that folks indicated, you know, wanting additional professional development around whole child, um, and, you know, whole child education and sort of SEL. Um, you know, we had our, we do our, NASP does our, our 10 year study um, every 10 years. Um, and in 2018, um, the, the sort of issue that folks indicated was of you know, sort of highest importance, significance. The one that that they really um, that that they really keyed in on was was SEL, was social emotional learning, kind of whole child. Um, and it's interesting now, you know, that in this survey, in this study, that um, it emerged again as 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 folks indicating that this is an area that they wanted additional support. Um, so, Catlin, what what do you think's kind of at, at play there with this uh, this focus of of sort of whole, whole child? Yeah. Well, I have to tell you that when Stephanie's team was first reporting um, to the rest of LPI on what the survey findings were, this was one of the things that people were really excited about at LPI. Um, this finding that whole child education is something that principals want more of. We're really seeing that more and more educators and principals overall are seeing the promise of whole child education um, and you mentioned the socio-emotional aspect of whole child education, and that is, is really key for sure. Whole child education also is broader. It really recognizes all the areas of children's development and how they're connected, right? So instead of focusing on discrete facts like here's the multiplication tables, for sixes, they're really hard. As a teacher, I taught that, that was really hard for kids. Instead of just focusing on that, you're really focusing on everything that the child is learning and experiencing. So you're focusing on the teamwork in the discovery learning activity where you have children like learn about groups and sets and how that relates to multiplication um, and apply that then to some real world situations where they might um, be thinking about distributing things to groups of six children working in a classroom. So yes, it really contains everything. Um, and I wanna really also point out that it includes, whole child education includes challenging in-depth learning opportunities. So it's not just socio-emotional learning, although 
Social emotional learning is clearly very important. That's the, the environment that children are learning in. You can't really separate that from the in learning itself. And then also the third thing is students' physical needs. And I think this has become more apparent in the time of COVID as schools struggle to make sure that they're still providing services um, such as lunch to students, that the students have broadband, so that students have the things physically that they need to do a great job. Um, so that's why I think this is really an important issue, particularly right now, and why I'm so excited that this research is bringing that forward to the public, that whole child education, that those types of approaches are really going to be important. Um, to do whole child education well, you need a strong principal leader to bring that to the whole school. So learning about that and continually deepening practice for principals is really important. Um, I think Stephanie, if you could remind people of some of the, the findings in particular that related to whole child education from the survey, I think that would probably be helpful to illustrate kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. So we add, asked a number of um, questions in our survey that really get at the idea of whole child education. Um, and we found that um, you know, 83% of principals reported that they wanted um, more content on leading schools and supporting students' social emotional development. 82% of principals wanted additional content in developing systems supporting children's physical and mental health. 76% of principals wanted additional content in creating um, an environment that develops responsible young people. 75% of principals wanted additional content in redesigning the school organization or the structure for deeper learning. 74% of principals wanted additional content in creating an environment that uses discipline for restorative purposes. And in the last item, 73% of principals wanted additional content in leading instruction on developing students' higher order thinking skills. And I think it's also helpful to point out some differences by school characteristic. We found um, differences between the responses of principals in cities and those in other types of communities. There were significantly more principals in rural communities that wanted professional development on developing systems to support children's physical and mental health compared to principals in cities. Um, which could be because they have less access to this kind of professional learning opportunity. We also found that suburban and rural principals were most likely to report wanting more professional development in virtually every area. Again, perhaps because their smaller school districts are less able to offer a wide range of professional development options. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, some of those numbers, the 80%, 75% of of folks saying that is is pretty um, pretty overwhelming in terms of the the um, the need and and the desire on those areas and I think something you said about it being um, you know to to implement something school wide like um, you know like a like a focus on whole child or, or SEL or even in other um, in other areas we we've seen things um, you know a desire to increase um, in school. Um, in school mental health supports, right? Like that, that requires a, prin a principal who feels well, well equipped and, and supported to be able to kind of do that work. Um, and this sort of speaks to that. I, I, we, I think even anecdotally in, in, in talking with, with, with members, you, you hear that, you know, the importance of, of Ho Child and understanding it and why it matters and how it needs to be integrated in, into the school culture, um, but how to do that and, and what does that look like and, and, and actually having the training behind that. And, and also um, just the, you know, there's, there's uneven um, pre-service training on some of that. You know, some, some folks are, may have received that before they became principal, others not. So um, what your research really showed, I, I thought that was great, was that um, this is a, a, a huge area of, of interest and, and, and need for, for, for principals. And um, they articulated it in, in a way that, that said that this is, um, really to the, you know, the specificity of, of professional learning, um, the content of what that is and exactly what they need. Um, so that, that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Um, let's uh, shift for the, for the final couple minutes here. Let's take a, a look at, in thinking about some of the findings of the report, 
Um, and, you know, some of the, you know, gaps uh, maybe that, that exist and, and some of the opportunities in thinking about, um, you know, future public policy. What is, what is this show in terms of um, some opportunities to, to support um, improved professional learning for principals in the future? Um, yeah, so, yeah, so Stephanie, maybe you wanna start? Sure, um, I'd be happy to. So in our report, we, um, we finished it up by um, uh, doing exactly what you said, thinking through what the implications of the report were of our findings um, for policymakers. And we looked at this at the different levels of policymakers. So um, at the district level, then at the state, and then at the federal level. Um, and then we talked think about what um, school leaders themselves can do. So I'm gonna start by presenting what, what we know and think should happen at the local level. Um, and then what's, then Catlin can share a little bit more about what states and federal level policymakers can do to support this district work. Um, so first of all, local policymakers can ensure that professional learning for principals embody the key features related to content and delivery that help principals um, be most impactful. And we've talked a lot about that in the report. Um, professional development at the local level should focus on improving school-wide instruction for whole child education. And relevant content should include um, professional development and supporting students' social emotional development and physical and mental health as well as creating school environments that develop responsible young people and foster critical thinking. And this content could be particularly valuable to school leaders as they support their communities due to the trauma and other challenges related to COVID-19. Um, professional development should focus on fostering equitable school environments and this content would develop principals' capacities to create supportive, unbiased school environment that affirms each child as an individual and builds on students' cultural assets through culturally responsive teaching and fosters strong trusting relationships among students and between students and adults. And principals should have meaningful applied learning experiences that are problem-based and context-specific. You know, for example, school walkthroughs with peers or analyzing student data to identify problems can enrich principal, principal skills development. And principals should also have access to mentors or coaches who provide principals with individualized support tailored to their needs. Um, and this is true for principals at all levels of experience. And principals should have opportunities to participate in collaborative learning, such as networks of practicing principals. Effective learning, which uses professional learning communities or other network structures to enable school principals to collaborate in small groups of peers in order to learn on the job together allows principals to reflect continuously on their learning individually and collectively. And importantly, local policymakers can remove barriers to principal professional development. District leaders can consider remedies such as providing district staff support that frees principals time and offering principal professional development and more convenient times or locations, um, possibly even on Zoom as many schools continue to operate in remote and hybrid learning models, um, districts have this unique opportunity to plan and execute high quality virtual professional, um, principal professional development. And districts and schools can use both local and federal funds under the Every Student Succeeds Act, ESSA, Title II, Part A, to provide funds for professional development. Now I'm gonna hand it over to Catlin to talk a little bit more about what federal and state policymakers can do. Yeah, thanks so much, Stephanie. Um, you know, lots happens at the local level, but state and policy makes a difference and federal policy makes a difference. So first I'll talk about federal policy. Um, there are a couple of ways that federal policymakers can support local efforts. Um, I think that there is now funding and increasing federal funding um, could help with this. Funding at the federal level comes through um, the Every Student Succeeds Act, ESSA, Title I, Part A, the Part for School Improvement, and also ESSA, Title II, Part A, for professional development, and a bit from ESSA, Title II, Part B, under the School Leader Recruitment and Support Program. So within each of these programs, there's funds. 
we can do a lot with those funds. We can prioritize funds and federally, we can also provide guidance um, for curriculum, for principals that's focused on some of the things that our study showed principals want more professional learning on. So prioritizing um, improving school-wide instruction for whole child education, taking a whole child approach to education. That's one of the areas that really could be impactful. Also fostering equitable school environments could be really impactful and our survey showed that people are interested in this type of professional learning as well. Um, I wanna reiterate uh, that also it matters how this learning happens. So federal policies and guidance can prioritize and encourage professional learning for principals that's collaborative, that is meaningful application of learning experiences that has individualized supports from coaches and mentors, and that prioritizes um, work within networks for principals. Now, this um, federal support in funding could be increased in the future. Um, as we all know, ESSA goes up for reauthorization following this um, 2021 school year. So sometime in the future, there'll be an opportunity to increase funding for these types of important programs that can support principal professional learning. Um, so states also make a difference. And in fact, the federal things that I talked about um, funnel down to states who then put that funding into the districts. So states also make a difference here. Um, states can allocate 5% of their statewide set-asides for statewide activities under ESSA Title II Part A for teacher learning and for leader development. So it's not just for teachers, it also can be for leaders. And states are allowed to take an additional 3% exclusively for leadership investments. So this is an important way that states can allocate funds. Okay, um, and I wanted to tell you, a few, there are a few examples of the ways that states have been using these funds. For example, Arkansas, Maryland, and Texas use the funds to support mentoring and induction for new principals. States can also use the funds for, again, our networks for principals and, of course, for the important coaching and mentoring that principals need. Okay. Um, in addition to these funds that are specifically for professional, professional learning for principals, um, ESSA Title I Part A school improvement funds can be used by states to support principals as they improve schools. So these funds are really focused on those schools that are really trying to change and, and make things different. Um, we've seen that the plans for the use of ESSA funds show that many states are already saying, let's have some of these funds for our principals. Um, for example, Colorado's plan invests in leadership for high poverty and high minority schools. Vermont's invests in training for principals to advance equitable access to great teachers, again, in these schools that have been identified as wanting to improve, as making plans to improve. Um, Connecticut and Oklahoma's plans are actually prioritizing trainers for school turnaround leaders. So these are principals that are really gonna work with a school that's making important changes. Um, I think this use of federal funds is really important, but states can even go beyond that. Some states are using their own funding to support principal professional learning, um, particularly principal leadership academies. And these are things that offer professional learning, but also networking, coaching and mentoring, you know, a really robust set of professional learning experiences. Um, states like Alabama, Arkansas, Delaware, Georgia, and North Carolina have made significant investments in these types of leadership academies and other initiatives that support principals throughout their career in robust ways rather than just a one-shot 
professional learning experience. So in summary, I think there's just a lot that can be done with the funds that we have now through the federal funding stream and through state funding streams. And we could increase that in the future when opportunities arise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that was a really, really great um, summary um, uh, from both of you about um, opportunities really to think about, you know, what, what this um, report um, sort of elevated and, and also sort of reinforced um, on, on some of these things that, that we know that um, when districts or, or states, you know, really um, invest in professional learning for, for principals and think about um, intentional investments and, and to really think about what that is and what principles in their states need that, that the impact is really clear. And it, it's, it really is, you know, talking about all of the funding, but, but thinking about this as a, as a high leverage investment, one that is, is money is money and investments are investments, but in thinking about of, of all the money and sort of the, 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 the case of ecosystem that, um, if, if done well, um, this can have an enormous impact on, sort of the, the quality and, and, and the, the scope of, of high quality school leadership in your state, um, in your district. And, and as was mentioned earlier, um, you know, the, the likelihood that, that folks are more likely to stay in the profession and, and sort of have a greater effect on, on instructional leadership in their school. Um, so that is, those are really, really great points and, 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 and great ideas. So um, thanks for that. And Thank you both for joining us on this. Um, Stephanie Levin is uh, the research manager at the Learning Policy Institute. Uh, Catlin Scott is the research director at the Learning Policy Institute. Um, they both were um, instrumental in, in really getting this uh, report off the ground and, 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 and carrying it through. Um, and I think um, is really, really important for the, for the field and for the profession. Um, and I think is also an opportunity for you listening, um, NESP members and others, but if you are a principal, um, take a look at, at this report. I'll, I'll put a link in the, in the show page um, for you to, to click on and, and to read through. Um, but think about what this means and maybe um, it sparks something in you and thinking about having a conversation with maybe your school board or your um, or your superintendent and, and, and starting a conversation about sort of, you know, the need and the opportunity here for um, uh, professional learning for principals in your district um, and, and you personally. So um, thanks Stephanie and Catlin so much. Uh, look forward to continuing to, to work with LPI. Um, I encourage um, everyone listening as well to, to go onto um, the Learning Policy Institute's website. Um, just an enormous amount of information and research on uh, many topics and other topics and, and many things in, in, in sort of the K-12 field. So thanks to you both and uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Danny. Appreciate it.